What a performance by King of Swing to lead all of the way in the AG Hunter Cup. This morning he didn't have a run. Sancarlo was scratched and Junior's gone to the front and he's out sprinted them with a 26.8 final quarter. The King of Swing boys will be happy. Mickey Harvey, you've done it. Well done. Oh, mate, it's over the moon. What a dream. What a dream. What a great effort. You weren't in the race at the start of the day. Now you've won a Hunter Cup. Unbelievable, isn't it? 12 hours. That's incredible. We're that excited. Glenn Moore, you've won all the big races into the Minions. How does this feel? Mate, uh, to be quite honest with you, we brought 20 here and we thought we'd win a Hunter Cup. And this is the race all our lives, basically, in harness racing. We rate the Hunter Cup as one of the great races. So this is one of our greatest thrills. Well done. Well done, mate. Thanks, mate. There's Glenn Moore. And I tell you what, Anthony Frisbee was so brave with our Uncle Sam. He looked like there for a sec. He was going to win the Hunter Cup, the Bathurst horse. And he just missed out. Chase Auckland was good. So was Coe Bailey. And AG's White Sox will be finishing fifth. I'll catch up with Gary Hall Jr. Of course, this is our special coverage of Hunter Cup Night here on RSN's Carnival Digital Channel. Brought to you by the tab. You're with Gareth Hall and also Mickey Harvey. And Gary Hall Jr.'s done it all in the sport. He's won eight pacing cups. He's won three into Dominions. And now he's won the Hunter Cup. How about that, Junior? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to bed last night. Didn't even know where I was coming and to come here and win it. So, um, yeah, I had a few sort of little feelings um, on the flight over that maybe this is just meant to be. And I'm a big believer in, you know, right place, right time and things like that. And um, I only said on an interview at Lost the Park a few weeks ago that two races I'd like to win would be the Hunter Cup and the Miracle Mile. And um, that was before I even had a drive in it. And to come here with this horse after, you know, I've... Obviously, driven horses like Quinny and it and Falcon, who I would rate much higher than him, and to come here and win on King is just um, amazing, and uh, it's really thankful for the opportunity. You're a little bit emotional here to see King of Swing do what he did. Um, you must have been happy in the run to get away with that quarter of 29.4, and then to sprint home that last quarter in 26.8. What were you thinking at the, the final bend? Uh, final bend, I was just sort of telling myself it's not Gloucester Park. You know, hold on to him. Um, I mean, I seen Nat make her move. I thought we've got to get going. You know, the horse that you're on your back is always going to get the shot at you anyway. But, um, yeah, he sort of really put length and half on him really easily. Um, and then he sort of shut off on me a little bit, I think. But um, looking at the times on this track, um, track's held up really well. I've done a super job with the rain. And, uh, yeah, just um, pretty, pretty unreal feeling. So that was Gary Hall Jr. I caught up with him straight after his victory in the AG Hunter Cup with King of Swing and also with a few of those connections there and Mick Harvey and, and Glenn Moore who were all emotional after being able to win Victoria's greatest harness racing event. It's time for Gate Speed. Blake Redden joins me. Good afternoon to you, Blake. Yeah, Gareth, there's so much to unpack here, isn't there? The Hunter Cup, yep. obviously, the main race, but all the drama that came before it, which led to the race itself, was uh, was a huge part of the story on the night play you an interview Mick Guerin did on our Carnival Channel, part of our, our coverage, of course, of Hunter Cup Night on RSN's Carnival Channel. And this was as, as raw, raw of interview that you could really, to listen to, was Mick Guerin catching up with Barry Purden, who told Mick that his horse, Max Shard, won't be taking his place in the Hunter Cup. Well, Gareth, the news is not good. I'm here with Barry Purden. Um, Barry, Mark Shard has just been scratched. What is the problem? 
He's just picked up a foot infection, uh, Mick. Um, perfect yesterday when the, the vets went over him. Uh, and you wouldn't believe it this morning, he's just fractionally off. Uh, he took his shoes off, uh, had a good look around. Couldn't visibly see anything right at the, at the time, but got an expert farrier in about one o'clock today. And um, he made a special shoe for him. We thought he'd be okay. Um, but And he walks good. He's, he's sound walking, but just trotting up, he's not... He's just off. So do you think it's buried inside the hoof if you can't visually see it? It'll come out, Mick. It's just one of those... He's, he's got a bruising, and, you know, it's just going to take a few days. We'll poultice it and bathe it, and, and something will come out eventually, and he'll be right again. But it just happened today. is just... Yeah, it could have been tomorrow, you know. Wouldn't... Mate, <laughs> I feel for you. That's that's absolutely brutal, particularly for that barrier draw. Oh, exactly. You know, he starts from one now, but... Um, you know, it's what can you do, Mick? I mean, they've got their job to do, and, and I can understand it. I mean, you can visually see that the horse isn't quite right, and there's just no point. Well, I know you're a person who would never let a horse race when it had any degree of pain, so I know you would have done the same thing yourself. What about Bella Montana, barrier one? She's got the gate. Yeah, so that was Barry Purden, Blake, catching up with Mick Guerin, explaining to us that Max Sharp won't be taking his place in that Hunter Cup, and it was I've never really witnessed anything like it, like San Carlo out, so King of Swing gains a start in the morning, and then Ultra Orlando is bitten by bling it on on the way to the track. He gets frightened by that bite, hits his head in the truck, and he has to be scratched, scratched as well. So all of a sudden, King of Swing drew barrier three. The two horses drawn inside of him scratched, and he starts from barrier one. It's a night that won't ever, ever happen again, you would imagine. No. No, it was, uh, as you say, just incredible scenes. And um, I think, you know, it's fair to say there was some relative controversy around Alta Orlando coming out. I don't think Connections thought he um, he should be dragged from the race, but the stewards and vet thought otherwise. And, and as you say, that's paved the way for King of Swing, who wasn't in the field, to um, to draw the pole and, and use his gate speed to lead the race. So... There was just so much drama. Um, there's obviously been the postscript to the race and people talking about whether it should still be a standing start and it wasn't an exciting race. And I think that's probably a bit of folly. I think just the composition of the race in the end was the reason we didn't see any moves. And uh, from a standing start, it wouldn't have been any different in my opinion. But that argument can go on forever and a day. What we can say is that uh, King of Swing has come from... Well, I guess he's had a bit of a checkered path. We knew how good he was at Breeders' Crown winner at two... WA Derby winner at three, then he sort of probably went off the radar for a little bit, but back in Sydney with Craig Cross now and um, a really unselfish decision from Gary Hall Senior to send the horse over and and they've been rewarded with a Hunter Cup, the biggest race, as you say, in Victoria. Yeah, and I agree with your sentiments there regarding not too many moves. King of Swing was the only breeze horse basically in the race. Code Bailey went to the inside because Jason Lee knew that if he went to the death that he couldn't win the race, and then San Carly was scratched, so it I, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a standing start or mobile. There was too many sit sprinters in the race who really couldn't make their own luck, so that's why I couldn't believe King of Swing got out to $8. I thought he would start $2.50. He's a beast in front, and this is the five things that we learnt, and the first first one of um, the first thing that we learnt was the Prince of Perth shows why he's one of the very best drivers in the land. Well, he just rated King of Swing to perfection there. And as we've sort of outlined and we heard in the interview, he, you know, 12 hours earlier, he didn't know if he had a drive in, in the Hunter Cup. He didn't know whether he was staying in Perth, Gary Hall Jr. But 
the, the professional that he is, uh, woke up, had his bags packed already, found out the horse was in the race, jumped on a plane. And, you know, for someone who drives Gloucester Park regularly, and he, he doesn't do a heap of driving over here in the East, he's obviously had good success with I'm the Mighty Quinn, but to to turn up, um, I, I don't think he had another drive on the card. Well, he didn't have another drive on the card. And to, to time that to perfection and the way he spoke about, you know, counting to 10 when he got to the top of the straight and remembering that it wasn't Gloucester Park, I... You can't speak highly enough of, of G. Hall Jr. as a driver and, and he's proven one Saturday night with that drive on King of Swing. This is Gatesby with Gareth Hall and Blake Redden. We're wrapping up Hunter Cup night there from Tabcourt Park, Melton on Saturday. Blake, outside of the winner, our Uncle Sam, I thought, was brave. Chris Frisby joined us earlier on in the, the day here on RSN Central and he said he was just so proud of his horse once again. Man, and, and, you know, I mean, he's... He's done all but win a big race at Melton, run, you know, second in three huge features, 200 Cups and then into Dominion and uh, behind performances where really he couldn't have gone any better. I know he loomed up, but off the back of a 26-9 final fraction with King of Swing in front, it was always a big ask to get past him. So, no, he's done an outstanding job, our Uncle Sam, and really does deserve to break through for a massive feature race. So, big tip, tick for him. Chase Auckland... Um, you know, he was he was okay. He sort of got to them quickly in his run, petered out late. Code Bailey was one of the eye catchers, a clear eye catcher running on at the end. And um, outside of that, probably the others just just sort of held yeah. their place. And Lock and Brat was okay, but um, not much to take from the others. I didn't think. Yeah, when you listen to the beaten drivers there, they all say that they really couldn't get into that contest. And Junior rated King a swing to perfection because he went home in twenty six four. His quickest quarter was the last quarter, which made it impossible for those horses that were worse than midfield to get into that contest. Point number two, Tornado touches down for his seventh Group 1. What a horse he is and what a job Andy and Kate Gath have done with his star trotter. Indeed, and I actually think looking back at it, he he seems to have lost just a little bit of that gate speed and and Kate mentioned that post-race that, um, you know, maybe a bit more dour now as a horse, so... That's something to think about going forward when he draws the front row. He may not continue to lead as easily as he has in the past, but he had that intimidation factor on Saturday night. And, you know, at the 10-metre mark, it looked like Red Hot Tooth was going to get to him, but he knows where the winning post is, Tornado Valley, and I think he really did stick his neck out that last 10 metres to get the nod over Red Hot Tooth, who, uh, you know, take nothing away from her. She had the right run, but she's been so consistent at the top level for, what, nearly half a decade, really, and and she's... um, She's gone very close to winning a, a serious Group 1 feature, but um, done an excellent job. So that was probably the story of the race, those two. But Tornado Valley, I don't know exactly how long left he has at this top level. He's only an eight-year-old, so he may have a season or two left. Uh, but um, he got you know just reward for uh, all his performances. And he was heartbreakingly scratched from this race last year, so... Mm. Good redemption there for Tornado Valley. Let's hear from Kate Gath. I caught up with Kate straight after her second victory in the Great Southern Star with Tornado Valley. She takes out the Group 1 Great Southern Star with Tornado Valley. He, you, I think you won, Kate. Wow. Um, I thought Kath got me on the line. So, uh, yeah, over the moon. You got away with some nice sectionals out front. Were you confident, especially when Oscar Bonavina went to your outside? Yeah, look, the track was um, a bit heavy, and um, I did get some good sectionals, but when Oscar come and put it to me, um, I thought, oh, it gives um, Red Hot Tooth a really good chance, and um, he just knocked off late a little bit, which he sort of does a little bit now. He's got older, but, um, yeah, um, over the moon. 
he doesn't get beat in front, does he? <laughs> no, um, he hasn't yet. So, um, yeah, just, um, yeah, like I said, I thought I got beat right on the line. So, uh, yeah, I just, just love him great. He's great. What a great horse he's been for your stable along with Andy. I know. And he's, um, you know, had a couple little things along the way. Um, go not great and uh, he just keeps bouncing back and um, yeah to win this race for a second time um, yeah what can I say I'm just yeah, elated Congratulations, wonderful drive, Kate. Enjoy the moment. Thank you. Yeah, terrific scenes after the race and hats off to Andy and Kate Gaff because this is a horse that they purchased for around $40,000 from New Zealand. He's won double um, quadruple ten times that now and he's a, he's a proven group one star and it was a terrific drive by Kate as well it was I, I have a feeling Gareth I could be wrong on this one I think in all the excitement Kate might have got the uh the incident when you confused I think that was his first great southern star so um it was certainly was second. it her second I think it might have been his first but no was it her second oh sorry yeah well, of course Tornado yep. Valley ah uh, sorry Glebbury Gl- Gl- how could you forget that so, yeah um that might be the mistake that I've made but um, no, he he was um, he was just so good, and as Kate said, he, he just continued to try all the way to the line, and um, he's done such a good job. So uh, Andy clearly knows what he's doing, picking these horses out of New Zealand, and um, he's done a, done an excellent job with Tornado Valley, and he's going to go down, you know, in history is you know right there with Keystone Dell, if not above him in the last two decades for trotters here in Australia, and deservedly so. He just um, he gets the job done. And well done to the Males family as well with the job that they've done with Red Hot Tooth. She nearly took out that group one. She was so close. In fact, Kate Gath in that interview thought that Karen actually beat her. And I think Karen gave a little slight salute as well. I didn't see that. I'll have to go back and watch the yeah. replay, Gareth. But it was so close. Dan Malecki, of course, the, um, well, arguably the best race caller in the Southern Hemisphere, if not the world. And, and that's not an overstatement. That is, that is a fact. Uh, Dan knew, Dan called Tornado Valley the yeah. winner by a mosquito bite. So uh, it was very, very close, but um, Tornado Valley just got there. Back here with Blake Redden and, of course, Gate Speed. Um, uh, our third point is Bell goes wider, wider win the Ladyship Cup. It was a consolation victory, you could say, for Barry Purden after Max Shard was scratched just before the Hunter Cup. Yeah, you're right. And, um, look, she's she's proving herself to be the best four-year-old mare around um, and, you know, she, she didn't win by a big margin. Better Enforced got very close late, but uh, Bell of Montana was able to hold on. I suspect she probably has improvement to come. Uh, the back end of her New Zealand campaign probably didn't go exactly to plan, and uh, she's come to a, to Australia, I'm sure, looking at the Ladyship Mile next. She's booked her place, but um, it was a narrow but, uh, but solid win from Bell of Montana. But as I said, I think we can expect a bit more from her going forward. So... Also, should say, I'm not sure exactly where the money came from or which connections, but $5,000 was donated in Bell of Montana's name following the race to the Gavin Lang Group 1 Gav GoFundMe page. So, you know, a huge, huge respect to connections there. And um, don't forget about that GoFundMe page for Group 1 Gav because the money's climbing and hopefully uh, they can get to the target in the next couple of days. I think Dean Shannon, one of our big-time owners in, in harness racing, owns Bell of Montana, so he might have been responsible for that. I know he's already donated a lot of money to that cause, so good on you, Dean. Um, the, the fourth point's an interesting one. All stars remain winless through the Vic Carnival, but what do we make of it? They just didn't have their, their best carnival. And it's as simple as that, and I don't think their horses went that bad, um, but they just didn't compete 
at their best and they might have not had, have had the luck when it comes to the draws. I think the other big talking point is that Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin only had the one runner on Hunter Cup night, which is hard to believe. Yeah, well, I guess that, you know, a lot of their um, horses obviously race here around in Victoria and, and you know, the Phoenix Princes and, uh, and the Code Blacks and, you know, they've never been considered the absolute elite, but they've had excellent Country Cup seasons so far and at some point, you know, it gets to the, you know, the middle part of summer and, and maybe they've had enough. So somewhat understandable. I think the, the Mark Purden one's interesting because generally Mark Purden and Natalie Rasmussen aren't going to bring horses to Victoria and, uh, and Australia unless they're going to be winning. And, and to be fair, they've probably been all but invincible in the last three years, I think it's fair to say. That hasn't proven the case this carnival, but um, I, I wouldn't be reading heaps into it. I mean, self-assured ran one of the biggest races of all time, running second in the four-year-old Bonanza and, and the Ballarat Cup as well, and Chase Auckland unlucky in the Ballarat Cup. So they'll go to Sydney now. I think Self-Assured's nominated for this weekend, and they'll reassess. But um, I think I think it's a talking point. A lot of people were talking about it on Saturday night. Um, Smooth Deal obviously beaten as a short price favourite. The Fixer beaten as um, a drifting favourite. So clearly the dominance uh, that Mark Purden and Natalie Rasmussen have had in past years wasn't there this year, but it, I guess... It's more about monitoring and seeing what happens in the next 12, 18 months, and I'm sure it'll turn around pretty quickly. A few text messages coming through. What an amazing night. It was there on Saturday night. A massive thank you to HRV and RSN for the Community Cup. Great initiative and a lots of fun to be involved in. Well done to all involved. We had Code Bailey in the Community Cup. Would have loved to have seen Jason stick to the pegs on the home turn. Would have been a monty to run third. Thoughts, boys? Yeah, I think that that's what Jason... I think Jason Lee admitted that, that if he stayed to the fence, he finishes third. But I think Code Bailey, I thought he made the right decision at the start. Everyone thought he might go to the breeze. Yep. And he might have struggled to finish in the top four. But, um, yeah, I don't think he can, you can be too harsh on Jason. But that's, the, that's why he's such a good driver, because he put his hand up and said, I think after the race, if he stayed on the pegs, he does finish third. And if you have a look at the sectionals, when they come out, AG, AG's White Sox, you'll find was the run of the race. He was massive from the back of the field after settling last. But when they go 27 and 26 for home, which is low flying when it comes to harness racing, it's like trying to chase down Usain Bolt um, when he's breaking 10 seconds. It's just mission impossible. So he could be a horse worth following heading to Sydney. And point number five here, the Summer Carnival heads north for the Hondo Grattan at Menangle on Saturday night. What can we look forward to there, Blake? Oh, this is going to be a screamer, Gareth. This is going to be um, one of the races of the Carnival, really, and it's only a qualifier for the Chariots of Fire. Balraj, who has this huge boom on him up north, is nominated for Saturday night. Fields will be out later this afternoon, but Demon Delight from a Stewart, Henry Hugh for Grant Dixon make way for Sonia Smith, Max Delight, David Aiken, and I've already mentioned Self Assured for uh, for the Purden Camp. The All Stars are all nominated for that race, so oh, it's going to be really exciting to see exactly where Balraj is at up against the likes of Self Assured and Max Delight. So that looks to be um, an excellent feature race on Saturday night. I love Balraj. I think he's unbeaten, isn't he, at the moment? He's all of the talk over there in New South Wales, but. He'll have to be good to beat self-assured. But in saying that, if he can run sectionals in front, doesn't matter where you are, Manangle or Melton, Lock and Var Art Point proved that. Is that like I've never seen a horse go as big as self-assured, but he still couldn't win. So you still need luck with the draws 
in any code, but especially harness racing. Yeah, I, I don't want to throw any shade on Belarage and be that guy, but I just want to see him do it in a, in a high-pressured race where yeah. he's not freewheeling and doing his own thing, and that is what we're going to see Saturday night. So it's a huge test for him. Hope for everyone involved. He um, he runs well now with Kerry Ann Morris, Robbie Morris still driving, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how he measures up. It's funny where Jason. Where's Jason today? I think he might be. Uh, he might be watching the Super Bowl somewhere. He's worked very hard over the past fortnight, three mm. weeks, and for most of his life, to be fair. So you think so? I'm not going to give him um, as harsh a knock as you probably will for this one, Gareth. Well, you think he would turn up as the number one harness racing man for the Hunter Cup show for the for for gate speed um and talk talk to us um why he left king of swing out of his top four <laughs> well yeah no that's an interesting one obviously with all the late changes things shifted dramatically and he didn't probably have time to reassess but i'm sure he's probably just seen new return to victoria and he's getting nervous and doesn't want to go toe-to-toe with you on a big show like this on <laughs> the big stage He's probably having his 10th beer as we speak. But, um, Blake, great to catch up with you. It was a terrific night, and I think it's been a big success, the carnival so far. Oh, well, it was, a, it was a successful harness racing carnival when you started off with the Ballarat Cup and the Country Cups before that. And then, unfortunately, the weather wasn't too kind on Saturday night, but it was a lot of fun. So, job well done. Thanks for that. Thanks, Gareth. And you too, um, the carnival coverage on RSN was outstanding. Um, So well done on that and hopefully continues in the future. Thanks, Blake.